Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. If I bleed tonight, if I am sad tonight, I don't have a job to Hey everybody, welcome to a brand new episode of the Power Slam podcast here on Patreon a day early or wherever you get your podcast. My name is Kenny McIntosh. As you can hear, I'm very rough because I am loaded with the cold. But I'm here with the one and only Mr. Finley Martin Finn. How are you? Penny, I'm better than you by the sounds of things. But yeah, I'm doing all right. Yeah, sorry. Sorry, Kenny, that I'm doing. I'm so chirpy. No, I'm glad maybe it'll rub off on me. Maybe it'll, you know... The your good vibes will come to me, but we we saw each other this week. Yes, that's it. Yeah, my, that's what my sunny disposition is. There, I'm just here to brighten people's day, Kenny. That's <laughs> my purpose in life. But yeah, we caught up on Monday in Manchester. I went to the um, Charles Wright Godfather Papa Shango Goodfather show at Gorilla in Manchester. Right? Yeah, Gorilla in Manchester, right across the road from the the O2 Ritz, and. Uh, yeah, it was a fun night, I thought. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, it was a good turnout. Small venue, but it was a good turnout there. And um, everybody seemed to enjoy the show and um, spoke to a couple of people afterwards. That's always very nice. And caught with the ITR crew, which is always fun, even though you're all working. So I went along and wasn't working. So uh, enjoyed a nice pint of Camden Hells while you were on stage grafting away. So, yeah, it was uh as always, an eye-opening experience going to these events. Yeah, it's very, very it's always interesting when you do these tours because I mean, he was he was amazing. He was so nice and relaxed and you know happy and all that jazz. But until you get on stage with someone, you don't know 
what kind of stories they've got. You don't know how if there's someone who drones on for ages or if their answers are shorter. So you kind of get to find that out on the fly on stage. So yeah. uh, very yeah. good. That's, it's not like me when I do an interview for the magazine. If it's a short answer, you just ask a, a small question. So if it's a long answer and it's too long, you can just remove it and it doesn't make print. So, yeah, you have a lot more freedom and flexibility. And um, no matter what happens, unless it's a Vince Russo-level disaster, <laughs> if the interviewee is a colossal bore, and we've all had interviews who have just not been very interesting, you can usually save the day in some form or fashion. Yes, indeed. But we are here uh, on the personal plot. There were, obviously, there was no what is going down this week. That's because I was away on tour. But um, you know, normal that... service will resume next week. Yes, normal service will resume next week. But we're here just to kind of cover SmackDown and Raw, tick those boxes. So last week, SmackDown Finn, big number was the tribute to the Trip Show, and CM Punk obviously was on that show and kind of you know was teasing the idea he might join SmackDown. What did you think of Punk's follow up appearance from the initial promo? Yeah, I mean, yeah, it was. I mean, the thing is, he he's playing it safe right now. I think some people are expecting fireworks at this point, and um, I can understand why they're expecting that. But to me, this is, you know, I don't like this cliche. You know, I don't like this cliche, but I'm going to use it anyway. You know, this is a marathon, not a sprint. Um, so I mean, you know, he doesn't want to burn himself out or start turning up the dial just yet. Because I mean, hasn't even we haven't even reached the point yet where he's, you know, thinking of nailing anyone, of pummeling anyone. We are, we are, I mean, it's very possible that his first match will be the Royal Rumble, and I just don't think they're going to give his first match away on TV. I think it'll be the Rumble. So we've got many weeks to go before the Rumble. So I think they've just got to pace themselves. Um, but yeah, it was interesting. He he, he mentioned a lot of things. Um, you know, he talked about his appearance at NXT at Deadline, which was really funny. He opened the show there. Um, and he, you know, he asked the crowd if they wanted him to sign with SmackDown or if they wanted to sign with Raw, and they said SmackDown. Um, you know, he mentioned that he was going to enter the Royal Rumble. You know, he said that, you know, he wanted to main event WrestleMania. We know that was one of his great regrets from his original 2006-2014 run. So he declared what we all know there. Uh, he brought up that, uh, you know, Seth Rollins, you know, <laughs> mentioned that Seth Rollins wasn't even the man in his own household. I thought that was a really good line. Uh, also mentioned uh, to Roman Reigns, who wasn't there, of course, but mentioned to Roman Reigns via the television camera that Paul Heyman was his wise man first. So I think he ticked a lot of boxes here. You know, he set a lot of things up and he said a lot of things, but not too many. I think everything he said... Um, will go somewhere. I mean, it's all well and good, you know, throwing out all these names, but if he's not going to lead to anything, it's rather pointless. So I think everything he said, he's going to take him in a to to a destination that will be a program. So yeah, I, I mean, I thought it was, I thought it was, I thought it was good. You know, he wasn't, it wasn't really as exciting as his first one, but how could it be? But I think he, you know, it moved the story along, and he did other things as well on the show, didn't he? He was, you know, interacting backstage with people. Um, so, yeah, I, th- I thought he provided value for money on the show. What did you think, Kenny? Uh, so I actually thought that this one was better than his first one. I thought the first one was the one where it was kind of like, oh, you know, I'm home. Okay, fine. You know, it wasn't that exciting. But with this one, it was like, 
we got a bit more of a mission statement from him. You know, he's gonna he wants to main event WrestleMania. Um, yeah. you know, he talked about Roman, he talked about Heyman, he talked about, you know, at one point he said, you know, you can't you can't just go around punching people in the face in 2023. And you know, and made like a you know, veiled uh, nod to that. So I thought that, yeah, I thought this was better. I thought this was more impactful. And then obviously, you know, we follow up with the raw promo. But yeah, I thought this was really good. And I know they've announced that he's doing a couple of house show matches with Dominic Mysterio. Yeah. Um, in Madison Square Garden on December 26th. And then one of the 30th, which I think is smart to have him do some house show stuff. Yeah, oh, definitely. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I was referring to on TV, but yeah, absolutely. He needs to tune up matches. He needs to be ready. He needs to have his timing and his reflexes sharp. Uh, I was more referring to his first match on TV. But yeah, you're right. Obviously, they have announced those house show matches. Yeah, and that, Very well pointed out. Yeah, and that would be good for him to, you know, so when he gets to the Rumble, he's not just, you know, not done anything since August kind of thing. So, uh, yeah. You yeah. know, and Dominic's a great opponent as well. Because, you know, he's got a ton of heat. It's going to be a, like basically a walk in the park with Dom because, you know, he's got to be about the most improved wrestler in the business in 2023, Dominic Mysterio. So, I mean, he'll just be, you know, everybody knows who's going to win that match, but it'll be competitive. Dominic will get a lot out of it and so will Punk. Um, and I did want to say we will be covering the NXT deadline stuff on the overrun that we're going to be recording early next week. So we are still doing that, just not today. If you want to get that in while I remember it. Um, Charlotte Flair got an injury in the Asuka match. Um, it wasn't too clear on TV. You kind of had to watch the, the clip on social media. But what did you make of the match and the apparent injury of uh, Charlotte? I mean, at this point, it's it's difficult to get excited about really anything Charlotte Flair does. I mean, you know, Survivor Series War Games was, was decent. Um, but that was really, you know, to me, the stars of that match were... Bailey, I thought Shotzi because she had such a, a great night in there. And I don't really remember what Charlotte did in that match. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, the match was okay. It was just another Charlotte Flair match. And she's really on the verge of becoming irrelevant if she isn't already. So I hope she's going to be all right. I mean, Asuka won with the most devastating move in pro wrestling, Kenny. We all know what that is, don't we? Yeah, the, the roll-up of Doom. The fluke roll-up after Flair had crashed into Bailey, And we should mention that earlier on the show, uh, Damage Control had said to Bailey, you know, Bailey apologised for appearing at ringside last week when the rest of Damage Control had said don't. And this week she said, well, you know, I'm not going to be there. I won't be at ringside. I'll stay backstage. But then when um, Asuka went to ringside, uh, the rest of Damage con- Control were taken out by other women wrestlers so Bailey again violated this direct order and appeared at ringside but it did help so had Bailey not appeared maybe Asuka wouldn't have won and of course this was a great excuse finish for Charlotte Flair so she didn't you know it was a tainted win for Asuka uh, which you know even even with that I mean Charlotte didn't look too pleased that she'd lost although maybe she was just in a lot of pain maybe that grimace was not that she'd lost but she was injured yeah, maybe. Um, then the main event of SmackDown was obviously LA Knight and Randy Orton against Solos Co and Jimmy Uso. And this was good for LA Knight, you know, especially with, like you say, Punk kind of interacting with people backstage as well. I did think Randy Orton's segment where he gave Nick Aldis a $100,000 check and Aldis said, 
the fine's only 50 and he was like oh yeah that's just for next time (laughs) (laughs) yeah and the thing is this all these segments are great for oldies because he looks so broad i don't ever remember him being like really that broad but he looks like bigger than most of the wrestlers and we know that Orton has mis- you know, mysteriously you know, put a lot of weight on in his uh, time off. So it's not like he's shrunk or anything. Uh, but Aldis actually looked bigger than Orton in uh, the backstage um, when they were in. Orton was handing over the check for you know, the fine for the RKO and Aldis uh, at the end of last week's show. So, yeah, that was a good little segment. But you're right, this main event, this was, you know, LA Knight had never been more over. And it was an amazing success, this match. I think part of it was because it was the tribute to the Troop special, which has always got a really good atmosphere. And this crowd was just electric all night. This this was, you know, transplant this crowd to every wrestling show, you know, every week for the rest of, you know, the decade. And, uh, I mean, they were so hot for everything that Randy Orton and LA Knight and Jimmy Uso and Solo Sokoa did in the main event. And I'm going to say also, Kenny, I know you're not a fan of JBL, but I mean, he was dynamite on commentary. He was so good. He's a, he's a good commentator. He's, he's, he is good. I mean, if you can ignore his past bullying, he is, he, he is very engaging and kind of endearing on commentary. Yeah, I mean, he's got a lot of personality and um, he wasn't, I'm going to give him a lot of credit, he wasn't talking over... Kevin Patrick. I mean, Kevin Patrick, to me, bless him, he's never really improved. I just kind of tune him out now. He doesn't annoy me anymore because I realized that we're stuck with him. Um, But I mean, you know, JBL was just like, you know, if JBL was a 10, Kevin Patrick was like a four here. And, um, you know, after this performance, you should be saying to JBL, you know, do you fancy making more regular appearances? Because you've still got it. You've still got a lot to say um, and you really enhance these broadcasts. And he always worked really well with Michael Cole, didn't he? And he did so again here. Yeah, he really did. And I think, you know, if they wanted to bring him back, I think he would do well. I mean, I guess it's just does he want to go on the road every week again? But Yeah, I can't imagine he would do at this point in his life. But I mean, hopefully he'll make, you know, further appearances. I mean, he just slotted. I mean, he was just like putting on that old pair of, slippers wasn't he he was just a natural again he's just this is just something that he was born to do be a commentator uh, i'm gonna be on to raw unless there's anything else from smackdown that you want to give a mention to um probably just a couple of mentions to the u.s title tournament santos escobar beat dragon lee remarkably cleanly although then you think well actually maybe it wasn't that remarkable because obviously santos is heading into a match big match with ray mysterio and when ray returns from injury and also we had bobby lashley in the u.s title tournament versus carrion cross and because they mentioned that bobby lashley was you know former serviceman um carrion cross was basically doomed here wasn't he yeah, it was it wasn't gonna happen for him. God I mean him. he's generally doomed, but he was doubly doomed here because this crowd just you know cheered Bobby Lashley throughout and then Montez Ford, who had also been in the service, he came out uh, afterwards and everybody cheered for him. So uh yeah, so they started the tournament, but that's I think yeah, I think that's basically everything that happened on SmackDown. Yeah, not much else. Uh, on Raw the kind of, you know, the opposite. There was so much that happened on Raw. Obviously, the big talking point was the CM Punk, Seth Rollins segment. And this was incredible. Talk talk me through your thoughts on it. 
It, yeah, I mean, it was it was really good. I mean, he explained that, um, you know, he'd made his WWE debut there back in 2005 with Mickey James. And this was the famous dark match where a bunch of them, like I think it was Shawn Michaels and Michael Hayes and others were watching the monitor backstage. And it was the famous he doesn't know how to work review. So all the agents and senior wrestlers backstage had watched CM Punk's debut match. And they're like, hold on, this guy's just not good enough. He's a Ring of Honor wrestler. He doesn't know how to work. Send him down to OBW. And that's where Paul Heyman, I think Paul Heyman was there at the time, or if he wasn't there at the time, he soon would be. Um, I think this was just after Cornette had been fired. And um, Heyman ended up running OVW. And then Heyman and Punk hit it off and... You know, Punk spent basically, I think, when did he come up to ECW? I think it was the following summer, wasn't it? 2006, I think it was. Yeah. Maybe August 2006, I think it was around about then. Uh, Because obviously ECW was relaunched, wasn't it? It was the third brand with its own TV show in 2006. So he came in as an ECW wrestler the following year. Uh, But yeah, he basically took a trip down memory lane and just explained, you know, these bad things that had happened. Um, and then just said, you know, but I'm not really here to talk about the past, even though he talked about the past for ages. You know, I'm all about the future and what happens next. And, um, you know, then he, you know, he said that he was there to bury the, you know, ghosts of the past and, you know, really create a new future for himself in WWE on Raw and uh, signed the contract with Adam Pierce. So he's now officially a Raw exclusive wrestler punk. Um, and at that point, Seth Rollins walked out. Uh, to confront CM Punk, and he said to um, he said to Punk, "Welcome to Monday Night Rollins." But then, you know, the killer line was, "Don't you dare call this place your home." After Punk had said several times, "I'm back home," and he mentioned that you've been slandering this place and the talent in the back and trying to tear this place down for the last ten years. So I mean, it was pretty intense stuff, and it was all based on reality as well. Um, which is the reason why it was so good, right, Kenny? I mean, we all know that Rollins and Punk don't like each other. Um, we all know that Punk said and did these things. Um, and this is a, it's not, a, I wouldn't call it a work shoot, although maybe some people have called it that. I wouldn't actually call it a work shoot, but it's obviously based on real things that have happened in the past, right, Kenny? Yeah, I was, and it's the closest that you're going to get to a work shoot today. Yeah. Uh, which is... I mean, it was it was very captivating. I saw somebody had posted a thing that if you go back and see when Rollins was Cody's first feud, when he came back and Cody, and Rollins was saying similar things to Cody. You know, he was saying, you don't get to take a hammer to the throne and then come back and sit on it. Yeah. And all that kind of stuff. So I like the idea that Seth Rollins has been the guy who's been kind of one of the pillar guys for the last decade while these guys have went away and made money elsewhere and went to AEW and all that stuff. So I think it's a good hook. And the fact that he's saying he hates him is is great because that's what you want. You want wrestlers to, you know, you want to feel like, oh, did that did they really mean that line? Or did they were they shoving the knife in a little bit harder there because they really feel that way? Well that's when wrestling's really good. And then you know, yeah, yeah, suspension of disbelief territory, isn't it? That's where we want to be. That's yeah. when it, when pro wrestling is at its best, when we can believe it. Yeah, and even like in this segment, we we basically got Seth Rollins almost verbatim repeating the Adam Page line, 
from May 2022. But the difference was, I'm I'm fairly sure this will have been agreed. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. Like, I, I don't I don't think Rollins and Punk were sitting there going, right, you know, here's the list of everything I'm going to say. But I'm sure that one of the things was, I'm going to say this line, or you should say that line. You know, that that yeah. that's going to be in there. So, I think that. You know, Punk and Rollins now, it, it probably should be one of the WrestleMania main event matches because people seem really into it. It's got a lot of buzz and it's an interesting story. So, um, you know, Punk even said at the end, you know, I'm going to give let you have that as your one chance to, you know, take me down without me firing back at you. But then he enters the Royal Rumble and said that once he wins it, that, uh, you know, he might come for Seth. And I mean, and the fact that, the fact that the Royal Rumble next year is going to be 10 years to the day from the last time that Punk wrestled in WWE at the Rumble, I mean, it's kind of kind of writes itself. Oh, it absolutely does. And, you know, as I was saying before, I mean, yeah, it's really good that he's having these tune-up matches on the house shows, but it, to me it would be nonsensical for him to wrestle on TV before the Royal Rumble. Yeah, it takes it all away. It takes all the shine yeah. off. Exactly. What would be the point? What would What would that achieve? And, um, you know, I like the fact that Rollins said to Punk, I hate you. And there was, you know, no, you know, laughing and joking here. This was serious business. This was a serious segment between two people who want to do some serious business together. And, uh, you know, I like the fact that Punk could have said more, but didn't. I mean, this was measured very well. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You always want to leave them wanting more because you've got many more weeks of TV before Royal Rumble and many more, assuming Punk wins, you've got many more weeks of TV between Rumble and WrestleMania. So you need to leave a lot in reserve. You need to leave lots of, lots of you know, there needs to be lots of ammunition for these two to fire at each other before they finally have a match. So, yeah, I think it was, was you know, measured out very well here, what they said. Um they let us know where they stand. You know, if people want to look all this stuff up on, online, they can do. And they'll, they'll be like, oh, wow, yeah. I mean, you know, he said this then. And, oh, yeah, well, we know this guy. You know, these two really don't like each other. And it all sort of meshes together, doesn't it? We've got this sort of reality that's now been incorporated into the fantasy world of pro wrestling. But it's, you know, suspension of disbelief material, which, as I said, this is what we want from pro wrestling. So, yeah, Punk just walked off after he announced that he was entering the Royal Rumble and said that when he wins it, when, not if, when he wins the Royal Rumble, 
you know, it could be Rollins that's uh, in his sights. Um, and like Rollins has said, you know, you're either going to self-destruct, you know, he's predicting that he was going to fall apart backstage and, you know, because that's what's happened previously. And then he added on the end, well, you know, in the unlikely event that all these things don't happen, you know, and you don't expose yourself backstage, I'm going to expose you as a fraud in the ring, you know, and I'm going to show you who really is the best in the world. So, you know, we got a lot. There was a lot of material here. They may have actually just given a little bit too much away. I don't think we're going to see anything from Rollins and Punk now for probably two weeks, maybe more, because they gave us a lot here. And, um, you know, as I said, they need to pace this out because it's going to be a while before they have a match. Uh, We should mention as well that Punk signed with Raw. That was that was who he signed with. Uh, yes, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he uh, and it's interesting as well that apparently word came out that the the sort of the rights for Raw are now more more that there's more interest in Raw now with CM Punk on it, which kind of is is crazy to think that AEW put Punk on a show which was kind of destined to fail in the time slot that it's in, and now he's on Raw, and already they've kind of got more suitors or potentially more revenue to come in because they put Punk on an established brand. It's yeah, just... it is. It is The whole thing, there's so many things going through my mind as this was taking place. And I was thinking, you know what, Rollins and Punk, Punk could have been could have done this promo with the Young Bucks. He could have done it with Hangman Adam Page. On day he could, have, he could have done it with Kenny Omega. And it would have been, it would have been just incredible. It would have been outstanding. I mean, if only the elite had been professionals and had been willing to put that, you know, petty feud to one side, the silly rivalry they had, and do business like professionals. You know, Punk could be there now, contributing to AEW and doing big business with AEW. And they could be like selling more tickets and more people would be watching the programs each week. And more people would be buying the pay-per-views. And if it was paced correctly, there would have been so much they could have done with Punk and his allies. And you could have even introduced Brian Danielson and others and John Moxley and all sorts of other people could have got involved. Um, but the elite weren't willing to do business with Punk. You know, Matt, you know, to me, epic fail, biggest failure of 2023. Uh, the elite's, you know, willingness to do business with CM Punk. Uh, elsewhere on Raw, we had lots of other stuff going on. We had um, the big Cody Rhodes-Nakamura match, which has obviously been built the last few weeks, when in the end, the missed was the DQ finish for Cody Rhodes to get the win here, so that's going to continue. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, it's, it's, it's something for Cody to do. Yeah, 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 that's right. I mean, we've had the Cody and CM Punk, Punk interaction. Um, on I think actually it was on SmackDown, wasn't it, when they had the interaction backstage? That's right. Yeah, and um, they were talking about you know if if you if you win the Rumble, then how am I going to finish my story? So it almost seems like they're setting that one up where it's going to be those two as you know the last two. I don't know whether that's such a good idea because then people will have to decide. And there's going to be fans of both. So there could be boos as well as cheers for whoever wins. Um, so, yeah, I mean, but the Cody versus Nakamura match uh, that main evented Raw. Yeah, I mean, it was a TV match. They didn't give everything away here because there's going to be a rematch, obviously. Um, 
and Rhodes was going for the crossroads and Nakamura slipped out and then blasted Rhodes with the red mist. And that was the DQ finish, as you said. Then Nakamura went to ringside, grabbed a chair. And before he could attack Rhodes, the Creed brothers made the save. Now, I did not see that coming. The Creed brothers, I mean, that was a big moment for them. Yeah, it's good. It's, it's, I think in wrestling, sometimes it's good when you have people interacting out of the blue from different places. Yeah. It kind of makes the show feel like more of a united thing than just these kind of people who are in different segments who don't overlap. So, you know, they've, they've been kind of... And then even, you know, Ivy Nile, she had a moment on the show as well, right? Because when Rhea Ripley beat Maxime Dupree, uh, which, I mean, I know people are kind of slating it as like the worst match ever. I mean, it wasn't good, but I mean, it was two minutes. You know, it's who cares? But afterwards, obviously, Ivy Nile kind of squared up to, to Rhea Ripley. That was fun. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, no, it was the Ripley versus Maxine was, um, yeah, they made a mess of a powerbomb spot. Then they did it again and they did a runner. I mean, the worst part to me was when Ripley did the riptide on a slender gal like Maxine and really struggled to get her up. And like, it's moments like that that you realise that it's all a gimmick. Um, but this is what happens when you put the best woman wrestler in the biz, Rhea Ripley, against you know, certainly one of the least experienced, and that's a very polite way of putting it, uh, on Raw, is that it doesn't really work. So I'm hoping that, you know, a lot of people are going to, you know, review this and not make this mistake again, because this match was not a success. And I don't think it flattered either, Kenny. I think it was, um, you know, I think Ivy Nile, Rhea Ripley will be okay, because Ivy Nile is a much better wrestler than Maxine. Um, But yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, this was, was a struggle. It's not a huge shock, though, that it wasn't good because Maxine Dupree's had one match. Well, that's true, but they only... That is true, of course, but they only did a few things and they should have been able to get through those without screwing them up, and they didn't. So yeah, that was where it fell down. They just shouldn't have put her in the position. Yeah, yeah. you are right, absolutely. But, I mean, yeah, her, her and Ivy Nile, that's more more interesting. We also had uh, Nia Jackson, Becky Lynch... Uh, can I go toe to toe on the microphone? I, I can't believe they've never had that one on one singles match. No, that 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 is a, that is kind of astounding, isn't it? Really, and um, they showed the incident where Jax punched uh, Becky in the nose, and they showed it. I think about three times on uh, slow mo replay, and you know, kind of isolated the shot in the picture where Jax punched uh, Lynch in the nose, and. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was it was bad, wasn't it? That was really bad. And you really hope that Naya apologised a million times backstage for that because it was just so sloppy and reckless. But, you know, actually ended up being a really good thing for Becky Lynch, didn't it? And, you know, and they did a great job of, you know, turning a negative into a positive, you know, and, and capitalising on that in-ring accident. And I think they did a good job here as well, um, you know, setting up the match between them. And uh, will this be the match when Nia... Because Nia, Nia, I don't think Nia's actually done a job since, since she returned yet, has she? I don't think she's been beaten in no, a singles match. She's not. No. Um, obviously, she was in the, the match at Crown Jewel and she didn't win that, but I don't think she's actually done a job yet. So hopefully it'll be Lynch who... Um, Lynch and Nia at Raw Rumble, do you think? Oh, no, because I think Becky's going to be in the Raw Rumble match because I think she has to win the Raw Rumble match so she can challenge Rhea Ripley. So it can't be a rumble match. It must be a TV match before then. 
or maybe it's a chamber match. Maybe it's uh maybe it's Rhea and Nia at the Rumble, and then Becky wins the Rumble. Becky and Nia at Chamber, and then Becky and Rhea at WrestleMania. Maybe that's the yeah, that's, yeah. That sounds about right. Yeah, that does sound right because it's got to be Becky Rhea at WrestleMania, surely. Yeah, hundred uh, percent. We opened the show as well with uh, Drew McIntyre doing a promo talking about uh, CM Punk and saying, you know, he knows how how bad he is. Uh, talks about taking out Sami Zayn, who apparently has asked for time off. So, oh really? Yep. So Sami Zayn's going to be off for a while at his own request. So, uh, but he then. So that's why they did the injury angle last week. Yep, that's why they did the injury angle. So he's out for a while. Don't know how long. And then we had Drew McIntyre facing Jay Uso in the opener. They got like fourteen minutes. Drew McIntyre got the win here. It is interesting with Drew because you know he's kind of one of the best characters on Raw, but he seems to have not resigned his contract. They've had two versions of the Royal Rumble poster, and he's not been in either of them. And Punk's return kind of seems to put him out of a spot. So I don't really know where the Drew stuff's going to go. Yeah, but the flip side to that is he beat Jey Uso here. Yeah. So they must must be confident that he's going to re-sign because he's scoring all these victories. He's beat Sami Zayn last week and... Injured him in the storyline, beat Jay here on Raw. I mean, for a guy that's only got a few months left on his contract, it's it's all kind of contradictory, isn't it? Why would he be scoring these big wins if he's about to leave? Yeah, it doesn't really make too much sense. I mean, unless they're kind of, you know, they're giving him these wins because they're trying to prove to him that, you know, if you stay, this is what's going to happen. We're not just... Because the thing in the past, and we have seen this, when Vince McMahon was in charge people would get re-signed with promises and then they would kind of just flounder. Yeah. So, you know, maybe Drew's kind of worried about that. But, I mean, I think I think Drew's in one of those positions that whatever he does, he's going to do well. But, you know, especially with what WWE are doing with him right now, I would I would recommend he stays there. It was my vote. Oh, absolutely. I mean, he, to me, he'd be a fool to leave. I mean, he's in a great spot right now. I mean, okay, maybe it's, it looks... Like, it's going to be CM Punk versus Seth Rollins at WrestleMania. We understand that. But, I mean, Drew can just then complain about the great injustice that's occurred. I mean, there's a spot for him in the post-WrestleMania season against Punk or Rollins. Actually, he's got a match set up with Rollins on, I think it's the uh, January 1st Raw, I believe. I'm sure they said that he's got a match scheduled on the day one episode of Raw. I think they said that, didn't they? So, I mean, that's going to be a big match um, for Drew. Possible that he'll win the belt. Could. And maybe Rollins regains it at Royal Rumble. That could happen. I mean, that wouldn't screw up the CM Punk-Rollins match at WrestleMania. Yeah, and it'd be a good uh, a good kind of boost for Drew. So, hopefully yeah. they give it to him. Uh, was there anything else on Raw that stuck out to you? Um. Yeah, I mean, I really enjoyed... I thought Ivar versus Bronson Reed was was actually really good. Um, and uh, Reed won after a superplex, which was the right, you know, the, this didn't need any more near falls after that. And it was, I thought that was really well done. Um, Judgment Day beat down R-Truth. It was about time they did that because if they put up with R-Truth's clowning much longer, they were going to look like that clowns themselves, weren't they? So I think that was, um, <laughs> that was necessary. 
Uh, there was a really funny uh, moment when uh, uh, Gunter was backstage with the rest of Imperium talking to uh, Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa. Um, and Gunther was saying, well, no one's going to team with you two against us. And then on commentary, uh, Michael Cole said, who is going to tag with DYI? I mean, he, he said DYI. And then it's almost like he did it on purpose. And Wade Barrett immediately corrected him. That was really funny. Yeah. And uh, I've got to say, uh, ended up being the Miz, who teamed with Champa and Gargano versus Gunter Kaiser and Giovanni Vinci. And that match was, you know, an extraordinary success, I thought. I mean, on so many levels. I mean, it had this really lively finishing sequence. Everyone did really well in the match. And um, Miz ended up pinning Vinci after the skull-crushing finale. And then afterwards, Miz... Uh, approached Gunter back, Gunter backstage and uh, asked him for another title match. And Gunter agreed on condition that Miz could never challenge him for the title again. So Miz agreed to that stipulation. So that was really well set up. I mean, lots of stuff set up. I believe it's going it's to be Creed's versus Judgment Day next week, isn't it, Kenny? Yes, they've got the title shot next week finally, so... Yeah, lots of stuff on Raw that they've set up. And I mean, Raw, to me, Raw is the, the, the better show than the SmackDown by a mile at the moment. Yeah. Because the main thing is, you know, Roman Reigns is kind of... He's, he's back on SmackDown this week. He is, but I mean, I think SmackDown suffers at the moment because it's kind of the Roman Reigns show and he's hardly ever there. Yeah. You know, when he's not there, we're kind of all waiting for the next, you know, chapter, whatever he's doing. So I hope that post... WrestleMania, I think it's time to move on from the bloodline because SmackDown is kind of, you know, Raw's got so many people and so much stuff going on and SmackDown's kind of all waiting for Roman to turn up and they, they probably just need to get out of that mindset if he's if he's now, if, he, if now he's just going to be a kind of Brock guy who's around sparingly, then, you know, we just can't build the show around him anymore. He has to move on. Yeah, yeah, that's a fair criticism. I mean, he needs to, I mean, we've and heading towards WrestleMania season. So I think we will see a lot more of him. Um, and I mean, he needs to lose the title at WrestleMania. You know, that needs to be in circulation full time championship. Um, and if he's doing the face turn, which I think he will do after WrestleMania, I'm looking forward to that. There's a lot, a lot he can do with that. So there's a lot of storyline directions he can go post WrestleMania. And I think, you know, if he does drop the belt and he does drop the belt to Cody, I think it will be a huge moment in Cody's career and a huge moment also in WWE history. So I think, you know, if he, if that does happen, surely it has to. There's no, I mean, I just can't imagine, envisage a, a way in which Reigns can retain the title at WrestleMania. You know, I think, you know, it'd be such a, a moment in history when he, when he does drop the belt. I think we'll look back and say, well, yeah, it was worth it in the long run because this huge investment into him and his reign was then, you know, um, passed on to someone else, you know, was then effectively willed, you know, handed down to, you know, his successor. So I think when that does happen, we'll say, yeah, well, it was worth it, you know, in the long run. At least I hope that's what, we, what we'll be saying, Ken. Yeah, I, ho- I hope that you're right. I think the issue is that the bloodline stuff kind of feels done. You know, we've talked to this kind of a lot, and I think, I think if I hope that they have one last hurrah left in the act of before WrestleMania because at the moment, if Roman loses now, 
it kind of feels done already. And you kind of want that last bit to feel, you know, like a big crescendo, a big finale. Yeah. Where they have some tricks up their sleeve to do that. I mean, the difference this year compared to last year is last year there was the question of, well, if Roman keeps the belt, more stuff can happen. And then we did get, you know, some more really good stuff with money in the bank, with the Usos and all that kind of stuff. But I don't think anybody thinks that Roman needs to keep that belt any longer than WrestleMania. I think everybody's in agreement now that it's it's time. So they've just got to tell, yeah. tell the story in a compelling way and hopefully they will. Yeah, absolutely. And then you've got the thing where, you know, post-title loss, does Paul Heyman rejoin CM Punk? You know, does CM Punk do the heel turn at WrestleMania or after WrestleMania? And then Heyman joins the gang again and... You know, then Reigns turns face and you've got the potential of Punk versus Reigns with Heyman um, as CM Punk's advisor. And I think that will be something that would really reheat, reheat Roman post-WrestleMania. So, you know, there's a lot of avenues they can go down. So I'm not concerned, but I totally agree with anyone who says it's time for the Reigns championship reign to end at WrestleMania. It absolutely is. And very well said there are not saying Reigns is reign. Which was going to be very, you know, very easy to do there. Uh, listen, that's all the time we've got for today. Uh, we will be back with an overrun that will be out early next week. We're also going to be recording our Armageddon 2003 review on Monday, so that will be coming out as well. And uh, we'll get everything in the can before Christmas. We'll, we'll hopefully do something, uh, you know, our, our monthly Patreon thing next week as well. We'll figure out what that's going to be. Yes. Uh, yeah. Well, there's a lot of stuff to come before Christmas. So thanks for sticking with us. And uh, yeah, Finn, I hope that you enjoy. The rest of your week, you're going to have, a, you know, five days off from talking to me. Five days off, Kenny. I don't know how I'm going to cope. I don't know how I'm going to cope. I'm always at the other end of the phone. I'm always you get well in the interim, Kenny. Thank you very much. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm hopeful. Uh, but yeah, thank you for all your support, everybody. As always, we'll talk to you soon. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 